today on Codepen Radio. Hey, everybody. Time for another Codepen Radio 334 here. We just pushed this live on Monday. We updated and you'll notice nothing. That's our like, that's our favorite release at CodePen is the, is the, wow, a lot's changed, but you can't notice anything. It touched like tons of files on the whole site. We're using CSS custom properties now in a bigger way and specifically for colors. And we, you know, it's not like we only just use them for colors, but colors is a great use case of custom properties. And now we're using it pretty much, pretty much everywhere. There's probably some that aren't quite there yet, but uh, it was a pretty big sweeping change towards custom properties. And uh, Stephen did a lot of that work. So Stephen's here. What's up, Stephen? Hello, everyone. Yeah, we just had this like little idea to, uh, I don't know, to do it because we we're using SAS before and we're still using SAS now. So we had colors, red, green, blue, yellow, whatever. But we also had, there's more of these is gray, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. But they, in our world, we had this kind of clever idea to call it gray, but then gray, dark, one, two, three, four, five, and gray, light, one, two, three, four, five. It was the split scale of grays, right? <laughs> yeah, and and it worked decently well for us. I'm not I'm not exactly sure uh, where where it originated, um, but you know it would it would get confusing because like gray light, you would go up to get lighter and for gray dark you would go up, up to, go to get darker. darker so there there's just kind of like a weird um mental juggle you had to do like figuring out which direction you're trying to go yeah that yeah and then like even though it's light it's yeah i didn't, never understood which one you would use for what and it, it it does make some logical sense it's just in reality when i would reach for it there'd always be this little moment of confusion but that's not even the main reason we switched away there's a bunch of reasons we'll get into but it also let's say and we're not promising to ship this necessarily but let's say we had a light theme site-wide you know all of a sudden those names don't make sense anymore because gray dark isn't dark anymore you're flipping it to gray dark would be the lights or something you'd, you'd kind of paint yourself into a corner with those names yeah Right, and, so and there was switching them out was 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 one of the plans. And, and there's this middle like gray variable that really wasn't used very much compared to like all the other grays um, that I always found quite odd. Uh, but yeah, like switching over to a light theme. If we were to do that, like since it's SAS variables, now we've got to like retarget everything. We've got to you know add some media queries or different uh, selectors for for everything to now swap out, you know, gray dark five for gray light four or whatever the -hmm. case would be. And, you know, that, I mean, that's how some people do it, I guess, but that didn't seem very practical for how like spread out our CSS and, and styles are. You know, I know one of the steps here was that, like, we have the SAS variables and we use them a lot on the site. But at some point, we're like, let's just put in CSS property values also. And they just referenced the SAS variables. And all it was is a one-to-one mapping. So you could, you could kind of use whichever one you wanted. Use the SAS variable or use the custom property value. And we did that because it was like, hey, why not, right? But also, they're, they're just more useful sometimes. For example, you can set an inline style on a DOM element that uses a custom property and that will just work where you, you can't do that with SAS. 
So they have some like superpowers in that way that made them useful. But now we have two places that these variables are. And I think that's what that was like the genesis of the project is like, uh, that's probably not the world's greatest thing to just have half and half of your colors use variables, half and half, you know, no good. Yeah, a, a lot of this started with the uh, button component that we were doing. You know, we, we switched over um, a lot of our buttons from just like a button class to an actual React button component. And then um, as we started using that around our different packages and everything like that, we, you know, we're having trouble with global styles. So we started, you know, modularizing everything and getting that going. And then um, we were running into different issues with like getting buttons to be the color you want or like slightly adjusting button colors for the header versus the footer or, you know, like all these little, little things that uh, CSS custom properties ended up being a great solution for. And so that's, we, we kind of got into um, doing those uh, for the button component. And so we ported the colors over to custom properties so we could reference them easily there and easily make a button green or whatever, you know, changing the size of buttons and the margins and all that. Um, and so this kind of set us down the path of, well, you know, how can we make this a little more uh, useful across the site um, with our with our colors for sure, um, but, you know, also just other uses of variables, sizes of things, uh, font families, like all that, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and theming being one of the one of the big uh big use cases because we do have themes currently in the in the editor um mm -hmm. that are very very targeted um css files that you know change a bunch of the uh global classes and target things in a weird way um that we wanted to come up with a better system for to <laughs> make theming easier in the yeah in the that is part of this isn't it was that like we're you know as we work on new features of code pen it's kind of like we need to support you know or we'd like to support the things that we already we already do support so like the fact that there's themes in the editor why bring over all that old crap you know that like oh you picked a light syntax highlighting theme for your editor we're going to make you know the header and the footer and as much as we can in the ui also be light so that it doesn't just feel super awkward that like just the little code editor areas are light theme, but the rest of the entire editor is, is dark theme. <laughs> and that was done so long ago that there was no good way to do it. It was just kind of like, oh, body dot light theme. I'll just write 50 selectors of all the things that I need to turn white and turn them white. You know, yeah. it's not very hip anymore. You know, like it's not kind of the way to do it. The way to do it is to set colors with custom properties. And then when you're in a light theme, just flop out the custom property and watch that just beautifully kind of cascade throughout the site. So let's do that instead. And then it becomes not just the editor then that's being changed, but theoretically the whole site. And again, we're not like around the corner for shipping light mode on CodePen or anything like that. But it's not just light mode either, as Stephen pointed out many times as we worked on this. It's like, what if you want super cool orange mode or sepia <laughs> mode, old timey mode or whatever? You kind of got to think in those terms so that you don't name things again dumbly. You know, it's right. just a theme. Yeah, it's not necessarily gray. Like in the case of the solarized color theme, that's that's pretty popular. Or uh, 
you know, like midnight kind of code themes. It, it uses more of a blue hue mm-hmm. um, rather than just like a straight a straight gray. And Solarize uses these kind of like orangey tones. Um, so, you know, you want to name something so that you're not having to do like mental gymnastics to like figure out which color you're referencing for this specific theme. You want it to be kind of, you know, just a, a universal scale of, of sorts. Right. Um, so we didn't use gray in the in the variable names, right? It's just like CP theme color one, CT theme color two, or something like that. Well, we we shortened it even further. So uh, one one of the things we did uh, with with this um, change was kind of prefixing um, all of our all of our global CSS variables um, to kind of namespace everything. So we've got the you know the dash dash. Um, that you always see in front of a custom property uh, that declares it a custom property and uh, CP and then um, and then another dash and then whatever it is. Uh, so for the most part, all of these are uh, dash dash CP dash color. Um, and then for our main like color scale for, you know, translating from gray light seven to gray dark eight or whatever it was uh there there were uh roughly 20 different shades um that were available so now instead of gray light seven or whatever it's cp color one um so it goes from one to 20 um with one being the most dominant or prominent and then uh and then 20 being the most subtle um so kind of fading along those along those lines. Yeah, cool. And that worked and that was a whole lot of, you know, regex and find and replace and stuff because there's, you know, it touched something like 500 files, I think, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I pulled up the uh, PR here. It's 556 files changed uh, mm-hmm. and uh, around 4,000 lines of code modified in some in some way. That's a lot. That's too it's, big for a PR. We try to not do that because it's so yeah. it's, it's hard to QA and stuff like that. But one of the, this project shifted in time because we, we had cut this into slices, smaller slices. Like, oh, let's get rid of the SAS variables. Then we'll do this. Then we'll do that. But every, you know, there was a couple of those slices that would have touched the same amount of files. And it was one of those like, yeah, but then you got to QA, QA it all twice and all that. So we ended up kind of rolling it together it made it feel like a bigger release but now it's kind of like done yeah so cool right yeah and instead of multiple tiny relatively tiny parts uh we just kind of tackled it all at at once and uh it it's definitely a lot (laughs) to go through but uh it it ended up being not not too bad once i got the regex we're gonna offer themes there's just that's a like it's not different. It actually will be a lot easier at this point, but it's like you have to think out like the UX and the technology of that separately than just like preparing for the themes like we've done now. Yeah. Cause there's like, what do you do? You put it in a cookie. Do you put it in a database? Do you put it in local storage? How do you avoid the flash of the wrong theme? But you know, there's just all these little things you gotta think about. So that might come later or something. Yeah. Well there, and there's lots of different areas that we offer theming even currently like uh the embed themes are are currently um Mm -hmm. not powered by css variables really or anything like that but that's a that's a perfect area that could benefit from this kind of format to make it easy for users to customize and all that 
I bet um, we could port what we have now to custom properties, probably. Right. I, I don't suspect that'd be too difficult, but that code is all ancient. So the, the embed mm. theme builder itself needs needs a whole lot of lot of love. Um, <laughs> the uh, and and users are also able to customize profiles. Um, and right now that's kind of a mess of like custom CSS where you have to, you know, target very specific things if you wanted to change something's color. And now that we've kind of reactized everything, like targeting specific elements can be difficult because we're using CSS modules, so the class names aren't as aren't as easy to find and uh-huh. and uh, you know may change with the with the release based on the hashing or whatever. I think um, the way we handle it's just we put a human readable class name on everything that yeah. was there before, so you'll always have that one. We don't plan on changing it overnight, but you know, to be honest, we're not that hip anymore about the like just throw your own CSS on CodePen.io just because, you know, we do things to prevent anything nefarious from happening, but it's just not our favorite practice in the world. We're not going to change it overnight, but it would be easier to say, here's the 50 custom properties that you have access to that do all kinds of interesting things. And that we can make safe in yeah. a way that is easier than regular CSS. But right, but that that's theming. And, you know, of course, Certainly. our editor themes and all that. So now we've kind of established like some some ways to tackle those those problems yeah. in the in guys. The wow, there's theming all over CodePen. We're like yeah. a we're like a poster child for theming. There's so many different aspects to it. It's not it's, it's modern like site wide, but the embeds too, and your profiles and syntax highlighting. It's like themes, themes, themes. Yeah. So that's cool. So this is out. Um, and, you know, why custom properties again? Well, they have some superpowers, you know, like I just had one today that I found tremendously useful is I wanted to know. I was like, oh, there's, you know, this little element when you're dragging it needs to match this color over here. Let me look real quick and see what color that other thing was that I'm trying to reference. Well, I'm so used to you know, using the eyedropper or something and getting that color off of the thing I'm trying to match. But you can't just use the hex color or RGB or HSL or whatever you get out of your color picker because then you're not using the variable. So what I'd have to do is like go into our colors file and SAS, find which one that was and then use the the correct SAS variable for it. Like there'd be this cross-referencing step to figure it out. Because you can't, and you can't even find out from the DOM. Or the yeah. the dev tools, because it's like it'll just be a hex code there too. But now you look in the dev tools and it'll tell you exactly what custom property it's using. Yeah. That's just a nice developer experience, I think. It is. And and the way like you can trace uh CSS variables now in, in most dev tools, like you click it and you can actually see where that property was declared or like where that that was yeah. overridden. Like there there's just so many niceties um to inspecting those now. Yeah. And there's just it, to, like in a very general sense feels futuristic in that like CSS is big on these. They're going to evolve and get better. And it just seems like the way to go. Yeah. You know, all that cascading ability too is is useful and stuff. But there's, you know, there's a little bit of rough edges here and there. So SAS has been around forever. I know one of the reasons some people reached for SAS originally because they loved the color manipulation abilities. If you're familiar with SAS, and probably other preprocessors have these too, but I just had a feeling SAS was extra good at this. They have, you know, a saturate function and lighten and darken 
and hue and all this stuff that you could and you could throw at any color value and it would just manipulate that color. I used to use darken all the time. Yeah. I think I, I you know, I feel a little guilty about that because I was heard there was something not like color programming sound about darken. Like it wasn't, it didn't, it's not the same as mixing in black to the color for color oh. nerds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. I use darken anyway. But I'd be like darken 5% or something. And you do that because you wanted like the same color as the background, but just a little darker because it's a horizontal rule. Or something like that. You know, like you just, you just, I want what we already have, but just a little darker or something. As I understand it, that's coming in CSS, but it's like absolutely not here yet. Not even under a flag or anything. Yeah. Like native CSS functions to manipulate colors that you pass. That's going to be great. But because we don't have that, I think it's CSS color level five or something like that. We use SAS to do it, and all of a sudden we switch away from SAS, and we're like, oh, crap. That was one of the oh, crap moments in this branch, wasn't it? Yeah, that that took a lot of uh, planning and and trial and error to to kind of get around. And and so this is one of the big reasons that we ended up using uh, HSL uh, for, the, for the colors. Um, HSL is um, just a way of defining the hue, saturation, and lightness of a color rather than like just the hex code that represents the the RGB um, or the RGB function that kind of splits those out uh, individually. Um, HSL, uh, you can kind of natively do some of those changes you're talking about. Like if you wanted to adjust the lightness, you can just change, you know, how light or dark the color is without affecting the the uh, hue or the saturation. And so that that's kind of nice. Although we didn't end up doing that, did we? Because part of it's like, why do you have, don't you have 20 of these things? Why don't you just notch up one of the, you know, why don't you go from seven to eight? Doesn't that do the same thing or eight to seven or whatever? It's like, yes, it does. But so that's the answer in our system for lightening and darkening for the most part. But that doesn't solve this other thing, which is alpha, which also we needed. Yeah. And and so one of the niceties in SAS is just being able to use like RGBA or HSLA and um, giving it an alpha value. And then SAS would, would kind of automatically handle that or, you know, give it... Uh, uh, give it to the browser ready to to handle that. Oh, but, right, 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 right. Like so you can already do HSLA or RGBA in browsers, but then if you're doing it in native CSS, you need to know what the RGBA value is. <laughs> right. But in SAS, you didn't have to. You could just pass it a variable or a hex code or anything else. It, any any color. kind of color, yeah. And it would it would convert things. And and so that that worked really well. But kind of our solution for that is doing essentially that same thing, but just with native CF, CSS. Um, so rather than um, referencing the color directly, um, like HSL and then all the hue, saturation, lightness uh, variables, we actually define those hue, saturation, lightness var- values in their own variable. So where we've got, you know, CP color one, uh, we also have CP color one dash HSL. And right. that and that contains just those values, not wrapped in anything, not not anything else, so that you can actually drop those in an HSL function um, in in CSS, 
and then adjust the alpha value after that. Um, and so if you're inspecting the root of CodePen, you can see all of our CSS variables if you're curious about any of these. And, uh, and you can see like how we're, how we're doing that. So like CP color one is actually just a little wrapper where it put, puts HSL around the CP color one HSL va variable. Um, so right. that seems kind of confusing to <laughs> talk about it, but essentially pulling out those properties. It just means you can use the color or you can use the parts of the color and, and add an alpha if you need to. That was useful. We just, we ended up using it more than we thought we would. And it's nice. So you have two, there's really two custom properties for every single one through 20 or 17 or however many we have. Yeah. We could have done it, you know, we, it was discussed. You know, why not spit out the H and the S and the L and then, and have a HSL value and have, you know, like you could, you can keep breaking down this thing all the way down to the the parts. It just was like, there wasn't enough use cases to, to, to like validate having five custom properties per color. You know, it yeah. Seemed like, like, seemed like a lot. You gotta, you gotta draw the line somewhere. Um, I, I, th I think, uh, in the future, I could see us doing that or maybe like even um, like our whole like theme scale being based around a single like hue, saturation, lightness variable setup that like the one through 20 just kind of changes the values of that of that lightness. Yeah, I see what you mean, like having a programmatically based thing this that's not the case right now right not all, one through 20 or again 17 or whatever is it 20 or 17 it, it's 20 it's 20 now 20. we're like they're like hand-picked because i think our thinking is and i hope claire would agree with us because she picked the colors originally there's a little bit of magic to colors yeah like to make a really beautiful theme it's not just like rotate around color wheel adding 15 percent for each value you know like that's okay like it's not going to be a disaster but there's a little bit of art artisticness to picking those colors that aren't yeah. they're probably not exactly 15 percent on the hue wheel away from each other there's like one's a little more blue than the other one if you're looking at our variable declarations you can you can see that there's just slight adjustments like you can obviously see the lightness value going from like a hundred percent to zero percent Mm -hmm. But the the hue value that that like kind of uh, degree of rotation around the color wheel uh, of sorts it, it's adjusting slightly for for pretty much every shade and some uh, you know if we if we aligned them all to you know two hundred and twenty degrees or whatever it probably wouldn't be that noticeable of a difference but giving them that slight uh, hue adjustment helps helps each color like fit together a little bit a little bit better yeah. So that's you know, that's how it will be from now, and it looks good. It gives them that extra good feeling, extra grayness. This episode is brought to you in part by Retool for Startups. So Retool, you know, Retool.com, remarkably good tooling for building admin tools, internal tools and stuff. Retool for Startups is a special program that they're offering. So this is what they say. After working with thousands of startups, they've noticed that technical founders spend a ton of time building internal tools. Been there. Uh, which means that less time on the core product. So we built 
Retool for Startups, a program that gives early stage founders free access to a lot of the software they need for building great internal tooling. The goal is to make it 10 times faster to build admin panels, CRUD apps, and dashboards that most early stage teams need. So they bundled together. It's a free year of access to Retool and then $160,000 of discounts for tools like AWS, MongoDB, Brax Segment, you know, really popular tooling uh, for building uh, any kind of web software, really. So use your retool credits to build tools that join product and billing data together into a single customer view, tools that convert manual workflows into fully featured apps for your team, tools that help non-technical teammates read and write to the database, and so much more. So it's retool.com slash startups. That'll get you to the form to apply for this. So there's you know some uh, uh, criteria for it. Like you're less than five years old and things like that. Not you as a person, the company. You have to be over five years old as a person, I'm pretty sure. So check out the site, apply, join webinars, all that stuff. Retool.com slash startups. All right. So so HSL for now, but I don't know that it's our system isn't exactly super duper duper defined by it like it wouldn't be that crazy for us to have done it in rgb or something because we're not really yeah. leveraging hsl necessarily which which feels good to me meaning that because there's like you know speaking of future css stuff there's there's other css like what color models or whatever coming that are that are interesting because they for example are wider spectrum like there was this early like panic.com site that used some pink or something that, you know, was never seen before. It was a brighter pink than can be expressed in HSL or RGB or hex, you know, like, wow, doesn't that blow your mind a little bit that there's these colors out there that that monitors are capable of displaying that we just don't we can't use. <laughs> Because our color model isn't there, that's mind blowing to it, me. It reminds it reminds me of the days of uh, web safe colors. You, yeah. you remember that? Like a there was like a palette of maybe like 60, 64 or one hundred and twenty eight colors that that was like all you were uh, allowed to use pretty much. Uh, yeah, because I remember the look of the Photoshop color picker when you turned that on would oh boy. turn to these like you know chunky chunky shades. Yeah. <laughs> It was like a, a curves, you know, what you like a parabola kind of thing, but they were overlapping each other. So there was only like eight reds on any screen you could grab. <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. I like the inline style usage. I like the dev tool stuff. Feels like a nice thing to me. We're all set up for theming if we need it. Pretty, 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 pretty cool. So we call, we solved that alpha problem. Kind of neat. I think, I wonder, did you end up keeping the, we ended up having like a couple of like little bonus properties that were like dark, you know, like darkened versions of it. Kind of be mostly with box shadow in mind. Yeah. Right. Right now there's, there's only one um, CP color shadow. Um, it's just kind of a general um, shadow that could be used. Um, and, and the thinking behind that is like a shadow that's going to work on um, a dark theme is going to be different than a shadow that's going to work on a light theme. Like yeah. for a light theme, you you want a more subtle shadow. It doesn't need to be as as strong. So if we just store that in a 
in a variable, um, then that can easily be swapped out. And Yeah, that's a good point. This, it really is awkward when you see a light theme flop over and then the shadows are white too. You're like, no, that's not right. If they still should be darker. <laughs> right, just really but you don't light. want them too dark either. Like if, it, right. if it's too prominent of a shadow, like that feels wrong too. Right, because uh, on a dark theme, your shadows are probably like as black as you can make them because otherwise right. you can barely see the shadow at all, you know? Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to continue that. Yeah, you need you need that kind of control. So, oh, yeah, little helpers here and there don't matter. Uh, there's a couple other weird gotchas in it. One of them is that some of our stack is like using Dart Sass, like latest and greatest, rock and roll, everything is cool, and some of our system is using like literally Ruby Sass, <laughs> which is old, 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 but oh, we just yeah. aren't aren't quite ready to to rip it out yet or or fight the fight that's necessary with basically Ruby on Rails and sprockets and the asset pipeline and all that. Like, just let, it's not that bad. Just leave it alone, you know? Yeah. But I, th- what was the problem? I think, I think old Ruby has its own HSL function. So if you use the modern CSS one, it gets overridden or something weird. Like yeah. So pre, pre Dart SAS, uh, SAS treated HSL as like its own, function rather than like the native uh, CSS HSL function. Um, and so I, I think it even under the hood, like converted your HSL declaration to a hex. And I think the reasoning behind that was browser compatibility because HSL historically has had some browser differences. I think, I think we're mm. in a better place with it now, but, uh, but that presents a problem when you're trying to feed it a CSS variable, because obviously SAS doesn't have access to the CSS variable in the same way that the browser does. And um, it, it expected more than just like one parameter. Um, it, you know, it, it expected a hue, a saturation and a lightness um, to be, to be fed in. Uh, so getting around that was a little tricky because um you know, you basically have to tell SAS, like, I don't, I don't want you to do anything with this. Yeah, like, just, just, just it pass alone. it through. Uh, so I, I ended up writing just like a small little um, override function. Um, you've got at function in uh, SAS where you can declare a function. And I just at function HSL, like overwrote theirs. Uh, it just that, spits out whatever you give it. Or, right, it just kind of does string escaping um, to to mm-hmm. make sure that that, uh, that that value is not handled by SAS at all. It just passes it straight through to the CSS. That's cool. And HSL is, it is a native CSS function. It has been for a long time, but it has underground changes as well. Like the modern CSS one, you're not even supposed to use commas anymore. And the mm-hmm. alpha is just like slash at the end of it. It's, it's a kind of a weird syntax. All the more reason to just like have SAS just leave it alone. Yeah. And then we found a really weird one, which you found, which was that in the Rails asset pipeline, it would run it through SAS. And then our asset pipeline was like, would you please compress our CSS too? And rather than like use some, you know, NPM powered compressor or whatever, you you, you could just tell it to use SAS. So, but instead of like running it through SAS once with a compressed option, it ran it through SAS, then it ran it through SAS again to compress it. Which was awkward because you'd think C- SAS would just leave it alone, right? Because CSS is valid SAS or whatever. But the problem is your little fancy function that t- left that turned HSL into just leave it alone 
now SAS would try to process it again and it was yeah. failing. That was a tricky sucker to figure out. Yeah. And, and it was only on like our deploy step. So like testing everything locally, it was all working great. And then I tried to like get this out and, and everything's failing. And I've, uh, it was very difficult to, to track down. But yeah, we, we figured out that there is this second run through happening. And of course, at that point, like any of our custom SaaS kind of stuff had been stripped out and it was just regular old CSS um, that that now SaaS is trying to, you know, handle the HSL stuff in its own way again because it's ancient Ruby SaaS and uh, that did not go well. Uh, so the fix for that. It was nice though. It was a nice change because by just telling it not to compress our CSS at all, yeah. makes our build process a little bit faster. I'd love to know what the numbers are on that. But anyway, it must be because it's doing less work. And then uh, and then we're just like, screw it. We'll just have Cloudflare compress it, which is like I've been doing that for ages on other sites and it does a perfectly fine job. So just let it do what it does, you know? Yeah. And it, it's a little easier on our, on our server to just uh, not have to <laughs> compress that. I think so. Pretty cool. So that was a way around it. Like once we're Dart SaaS everywhere, we'll be able to simplify it even more a little bit. But there's that. Uh, and then, you know, just real quick, we'll end with this like idea of another, you know, when we're doing buttons, you kind of discovered this. And it turns out this is a major gotcha with custom properties at all is that if you have a custom property that references another custom property, that's kind of like a one time operation in CSS. And unless you kind of redeclare it where you're using it you kind of need to declare both of those properties at that level yeah you know what i mean this is really hard to mouth blog so i'm sorry about that but it's one of the reasons that we didn't break all the colors into their hsl parts because i think we would have run into this exact same problem is that you can't just be like oh on you know button dot variation three just override cp color one s for saturation right it wouldn't have done anything because you have to redeclare that kind of combiner <laughs> custom right. property on the button as well. And that's just like untenably weird. Yeah, it, the CSS variables, like where where they're declared, it's, it's kind of scoped there. Um, so if you're referencing another CSS variable in a CSS variable, it, like it, it's locked into that to that level. So like you can override it if you're targeting that same selector or maybe even the same specificity, but uh, it's it's really weird. We're we're getting around that with um, with the way that we do the uh, the HSL values um, because we're declaring those on the root as well as the um, the like wrapper uh, version of that that's ready to use. Um, so that works okay. But if we were trying to override that, like you know, on body or you know down the line for just header or something. That that wouldn't work, and you're kind of and you kind of like something about my brain. It seems like it will work, <laughs> right? You know that that's why it's a gotcha because you're like whatever. I'm overriding a custom property and it's referencing that custom property. Why aren't you working? Yeah, I don't know if CSS will ever change that or if that's like highly intentional that it doesn't work like that. But it's certainly a brain twister. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to have like a little function kind of wrapper or something that that would uh. That would allow you to reference those values like in the current scope. But yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, we finished this whole project and now CodePen just looks exactly how it did before. <laughs> but you're welcome. It's very modernized and there's no 
There's no ambiguity. We do have a couple of leftover things. Like I think those SAS colors are even still in our code base. Like that was definitely my goal. Like, God, can we please kill these things? Cause then it will feel like very done, but there's just a couple of places where they're, they're still needed. But I noticed you named the file something like colors underscore do underscore not underscore use underscore this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So one, one of the niceties of this was stripping out everywhere that we're using like at import colors dot SCSS. Like we don't, don't we don't need that anymore. There's only like uh, two kind of leftover areas that that still need to reference those variables. And those variables are kind of handy to use in like the theming setup, like setting up all of these variables. We can reference, um, you know, those those older SAS variable colors, at least for a time to allow us to um, to transition our our mental uh, process a little easier. Yeah. All right, folks, custom properties. They're super cool. Use Not them. just for colors, but they're great for colors. See ya. One,